This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Okay. 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 Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? What's up? What's up? Got the recap show. Uh, you know, a lot of um people that are in my space that are in the same space as me, not my space, but um a lot of them don't do the recap show. They just kind of recap it on their next pick'em. I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. Usually the guys that do pick'ems or shows are like almost two hours long, so I split them up between two shows. They kind of recap their week. Thing. I like splitting them up. It's the way my mind works. I like recapping the show, getting it all out there, and then we move on. Luckily uh, for me, I'm a little behind this week. I always like to recap on Sundays where it's fresh in my mind. Couldn't do that yesterday. Wife worked like a 12-hour day, was with the kiddos. Couldn't do it. Um, so, And then like today I was going to do it. I got out of work. It's been a whole deal. Now I'm here at 9 o'clock at night recording. Whatever. And we're getting it in. But I want to make an effort moving forward to record on Sunday and have it on a Monday. I feel like you put a recap show out, like I'm, this is going to go out Monday night, but really people are going to probably ingest it on Tuesday. You're pushing it, right? Because people have already forgotten about uh, Saturday, right? Luckily, there's no UFC this week. There's a Bellator on Friday. Uh, my boy Chris Curtis fights this weekend too for Icon. It's on Fight Pass, I believe, on Saturday, so that's pretty cool. Um but the later you put it out, the the more people are like, all right, you know, we're still talking about that. But this was a pretty big event. Some big things happen. I got a lot of takes. I've teased my takes on Twitter, which we'll get to. I do think people may. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. There's going to be 50, 50, 60, 40, maybe 90, 90, 10 uh, disagreeing with me. Um, if you hear a baby crying in the background, that is my four month old. She all she does apparently is. uh is cry so that's fun kids am i right but uh we're here we're gonna recap had a pretty good weekend you know took the girls saturday it's been like a family day we're we're making it that now it used to be as me with, with 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 the girls down there um going down to gamble wife would work now she's taking it off so now we're we're doing like a whole day with it we went to this little boutique i think my wife called it which is just like baby stuff right got got the little one a bunch of new stuff and then Went to the park. We had dinner. We had uh, we so we went to Indiana and ate at this pizza joint. And I was like, oh, cool! I can sit down and eat and relax and and and, and just place my bets and, and instead of just sitting in the car and waiting for the girls to freak me out, you know, because usually when I drive to my gas station, I'm with two little kids and they have no patience. So I got to have my bets ready to go, place them, get out of there. Wife was with me. I'm like, oh yeah, we get to go, you know, sit down and eat. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, couldn't get service in the fucking pizza joint. Like my, my phone couldn't get service. I had asked the lady for the Wi-Fi. got the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi was complete dog shit. Took me forever to place these bets. It was so aggravating. Nothing more than I hate slow service, uh, internet service. That is service for the food was pretty good. But other than that, I just, it was, it was a little lackluster. I was a little disappointed. It had nothing to do with anybody there. It's just the fact that. Whatever reason, I was on a fucking Verizon Wireless's fault is what it was. Um, yeah, and then I was like a single parent yesterday. I had to take my 74-pound golden doodle to get groomed with two kids, right? So I load them up. You know, wife had no option. She had to work all day. Not her fault. This is We had to get them. Well, not groomed. Excuse me. I had to get, take him to bed. He had to get a shitload of shots, nails trimmed, get his butt checked for worms or whatever they do, you know, heartworm stuff. 
So they're like, oh, yeah, just fill out the paperwork online, and uh, and, and then, you know, you can just drop them off. We'll meet you in the parking lot. I'm like, okay, great. Pull to the front door. I call them. All the paperwork I filled out and brought with me, they just did over the phone. So I don't know why I wasted fucking ink paper for that. Thanks. And uh, so they come and get him. He's he's loves people. He's a big fucking goof. Hasn't really seen many people, unfortunately. I mean, we take him on walks, uh, not as much as we used to, but you know, with, with the kids and stuff. But loves people, right? We don't have a ton of visitors over here, so he sees his nurse. He freaks out on her. Loves her. He's jumping on her. Like literally, he's like jumping in her arms. Luckily, she's a professional. And I said, I'm so sorry. He's an exciting guy. And she goes, Okay, well, it's be like 15 minutes. I'm like, Okay, cool. Baby starts flipping out. So I'm driving around the PetSmart parking lot. It's the same. It's connected basically to a Walmart. I'm driving around like a fucking idiot. Like people are like, why is this fucking guy keep driving around? Just try to calm the baby down. So I get a call. They're like, okay, yeah, Otis done. Everything's great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, good thing. Uh, big old boy's healthy. It's like, so, uh, you know, here, here's the total. It's like 400 fucking dollars. 400 bucks. So I was like, all right, whatever. You know, he, he needs it. And then she's like, okay, so you want to pay over the phone? I was like, yeah, that'd be great. So, okay, so what I need you to do is I need you to call us 1-800 number. It's 188, blah, blah, blah. It's an automated service, and then you'll um, they'll give you your you, you'll put your card on file that way, and that way we can charge it. And I go, this is going to sound so stupid, but my phone, and this is the honest guy truth, my phone can't call 1-800 numbers. I do not know why. I got to go to Verizon Wireless and get this figured out, but I cannot call anything that goes 1-800. I don't know why. She starts laughing. I said, she's like, well, you can come in. I was like, all right, yeah, that's fine. I got to get this paid. He, they already did all the service. Lugging the kids in, you know, three-year-old fucking baby. Then I got to go pick up this 74-pound beast who doesn't, he's pulling on his leash like a madman. I mean, luckily, I'm a big, thick fucking dude, and uh, I was able to do it, and it was fine, but man, I tell you what. I really wish there was more, you know, like a like a van that could just come pick up your dog and come drop back off. I think they do that for like grooming, but like a vet van. I don't know if they exist, but they need to exist. Come up, pick your dog out, pick your dog up, you know, park in front of the house. I don't give a shit, right? Do what you got to do to him. Let him go. Uh, let him back into your house. That's That would be perfect. But, you know, he got taken care of. And, uh, yeah, so active weekend, not active, but, you know, got some shit done, you know, paid a bunch of bills. And won a little money. Did okay on the bets. UFC 260, I did okay. Sugar Sean O'Malley bailed me out. Um, I think I'm up maybe. Like, I didn't do the exact, like, unit math just because I had a lot of bets in there. I lost a lot of bets. But O'Malley, uh, I hit two ways on O'Malley. Um, we'll go over it. But I went four and six on my picks. Picks were kind of dog shit. This is what I'm talking about. You're like, we do the Pick'em Show, which Christian won. Give it up to the guy from Denver. Denver. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous victory for the new guy. Uh, he won. Yeah, he dominated. He hit on um, what was what were the two big uh, fights? Luke, Tim, and I were opposite of him on Luke. So Luke obviously knocked out um, what's his face, uh, Tyron Woodley, and then Jamie Malarkey, which was a, which was a big one for him. That was an underdog play plus a set him home. So he swept with three points there, and uh, yeah, you know he killed it. He killed it. This. Uh, this weekend he made some money. Tim killed it this weekend. You know, Tim bets everything. You know, bet the best three on Twitter. Go follow it, podcast, all that stuff. Good stuff. He bets NBA, bets college. He's cleaning house, right? I don't have that brain. I only can do. I love gambling, and so 
the situation I'm in is I got to drive to gamble. I can't uh, <clears throat> gamble in my state. I can't gamble in my my beautiful uh, couch in front of the fights, which is unfortunate. Yet Ohio, the bill's ready, right? All it has to do is get passed through whatever Cong. I don't know Congress, said, whatever the fuck, right? And then it's going to go on the governor's desk, and then it's going to be signed. So everything I've read and reported and i'm keeping a close eye on the bill's ready the bill's ready to be passed ready to be signed everyone's on board with it so it's only a matter of time for all before ohio lands this which is gonna be great but right now i gotta drive to indiana right and i gotta fucking place bets and i only bet once a week right i don't bet all throughout the week i don't bet on basketball i don't the way my brain is if i if i start betting on more things i'll feel like i'm slipping on the one thing that i'm i'm, I'm good at which is mma right so if I feel fill my brain pan up with a bunch of other sports, I feel like I'll there's only so much in there, right? I joke that I have a big brain. It's an advertising brain, okay? So I don't think I have enough room for everything. Now I could blindly follow Tim and just place bets all the time, and I might do that when I don't have to drive 25 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever to to place a bet. I definitely might do that if I'm sitting at home and I'm following bet the best three on Twitter. I go, you know what? He's on the fucking, you know, he's on the Warriors tonight. Take it. Why not? Let's win a couple 30 bucks while I'm sleeping or whatever it is, right? That's definitely an option. But for me, I go once a week, right? And it's a big deal and it gets me excited. And there was 10 fights. Sometimes it's 13, there's 14. And I want to bet them all because I want action. It's my one time a week. I've been thinking about it all week, right? You know, I do the podcast. I'm giving out picks. I'm slaving over it with my brain. So when it t- comes time to pick, I want to fuck. I, w- I want to bet all of them, right? Sometimes that's not smart. I think I, I, I overreached this weekend for sure. I think I would have made more of a profit. Um, but the big the big thing is is the money you put in, you're getting that back, right? That's at the that's the point I'm at right now. Sean O'Malley really helped me for that, but um. Yeah, I just don't have a big enough brain to brain to gamble. And, and Christian and, and uh, Timbo are fantastic at that. They are they are they are gamblers to the core, um, and I love that. And 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 both guys are I would call sharps, right? Um, <clears throat> and we all want money. Timbo, I, I thought Timbo made so much money. I didn't think he's to talk to us anymore. Let's just put it that way. That guy made so much money this weekend. Had a good run on the UFC. Um, I think he did really well in the NBA. I believe even he was killing March Madness. Um, again, that's an account you need to follow. If, if you, if you are a degenerate gambler and you just want to bet everything, that's the guy, that's the guy you go to. Cause he's killing it right now. Um, me, I'm, uh, too stupid to, to handle all that. I want to, I want to focus in on one thing. I'm so OCD that my main focus is one thing. I'm so laser focused on it. Um, and that's MMA and I would expect better results, but we are up on the weekend. I can't complain. Um, again, I think it's like maybe a half a unit, 30 bucks, something like that. I'm up, but my big goal was I I did put a lot into the pie this weekend and I got all that back and then plus a little tiny extra. So you chip away, you chip, chip, chip away. It's not, I'm not here. I did see this fucking guy. It makes me so mad. I'm not a jealous guy. I don't really, well, hang on. I, I, I guess there's levels of jealousy, right? Like I'm not, I'm not possessive of my wife. Like. Not really jealous of my well, God, I don't know. Maybe I'm contradicting because I just a story just popped in my head. Okay, so I'll tell the story real quick. So I just was gonna say I'm not really jealous when it comes to my wife. When when like other men hit on her, or give her attention, I'm not really that jealous. However, when we <laughs> when we first started dating, uh, I think I told you the story. Our first date, we went out, went to the movies. The very next day, I had my seizure. Right, 
the very fucking next day. She was over the house. And I knew her a couple years prior to that. We had a thing prior to that, but never really worked out. She had an ex-boyfriend that was was kind of a piece of shit that always kind of pop up. And I was just a fucking idiot, 20-something-year-old, you know, didn't give a shit about anybody. Anyway, um, so when we had our second first date, the next day I had a seizure. So she came and took care of me and, and just, I mean, literally just, it, it made me really fall in love with her because of, just her having, I mean, she didn't have to do that, right? I mean, this could have been a problem my whole life. I could have been a fucking having seizures every 10 minutes and she's going to waste time with me, but she didn't. She stuck by me and, and, and I'm forever grateful for that. But like maybe two, three months, like two months later, I still wasn't driving yet. I couldn't drive for three months. So I was getting, she was giving me rides to work. I was working like two in the morning. I was, I was unloading trucks. Um, wasn't a driver uh, yet. So she was giving me a ride to work. I was getting ride homes from buddies um drive me everywhere on the weekend right it was just like one of those things where like i i took it seriously it was like they said three months i'm not even though i felt better i was like i'm not doing it so she takes me to her favorite pizza place i don't know why i'm telling the story it's such a it's gonna make me it's like now you'll fuck it yeah listen i'm gonna tell it fuck it i'm a jealous guy i guess because we go to this pizza place long story short i'm sitting there and my, and my wife's wearing these fucking um leggings right these little yoga pants are black or whatever and she's got a big old tattoo on her butt she's, her whole butt's covered with a tattoo that goes up her back right so i think a lot of these fucking thin yoga pants you probably can see through them so she gets up and goes get something and sits down and these two guys these two little white dudes fucking jean shorts on white polos fucking fake gucci sunglasses like I, my back's to the like i'm facing them her back's to them she comes to sound, they come walking in, they just stare at me, right? And I knew they were checking out when she went up to the counter and got whatever. These two little dudes are just staring at me. And I was staring back at them. I look and you know, thought nothing of it. They can't, they're in another room. They came back into the room again. Both of them, like walking together like they're fucking holding hands. Stares at me again. And I went, what the fuck is going on? Like now I'm starting to get hot. Now I'm starting to. The old switch is about to flip, right? You know, I'm a, I'm a fairly nice guy, but there's that switch, right? A lot of people, when they meet me, they're like, oh, wow. You know, like, if you, if you know me from my part of town, they're like, oh, this guy's been in a lot of fights. And they meet me, they're like, really? This guy's been in a lot of fights? It's that switch. I got the switch. And so uh, we, I, I told her, I was like, listen, I, I, I don't know if I was honest with her. I was just like... Let, I'm done with the pizza. Let's let's get this to go. I'm not feeling well. I think I did say that. I think I, I didn't I didn't mention these guys at all. I just said let's you know, my head's hurting or whatever. Let's box this up. So we box up. We go out. We go outside. I didn't the, at this point, within like the five ten minutes, the waitress came and brought us a box. We, I didn't know where these guys went. I thought they left. Right. So I'm I'm, I'm finally starting to calm down, putting a little plastic um, safety thing over the switch so nothing gets pushed. Walk outside. They're leaning against the the building, right? Smoking cigs. And our car was like right there. So we get in the car and I put the pizza in and wife walks by, right? And they're just, I see them just clearly checking her ass out, right? And okay, whatever. Checking the girl's ass out. You know, I'm guilty of that, whatever. And then all of a sudden, like I get in the car and I'm, I'm still kind of hot at this point just because of the way these fucking idiots looked. And we get in the car and then they lean down, right? And look into the, to the windshield and they do, call me call me and then the one guy's like pointing at me like kind of giggling like that she was with me and the fact that she was driving and i'm like and literally i'm not even joking the window started to steam up i was like all right fucking flip switch switches flipped get out right mind you not driving because of a brain injury that never occurred to me walking up to these two fucking homeless looking guys they weren't homeless but they looked homeless 
And I walk up, and the guys are laughing at me immediately. They're like, what? I mean, it's two on one. What do you think is happen? Lay one dude out. <clears throat> clean as fuck. Sl- snoring. The other guy starts, like, running away. Now he realizes he's in the shit. And I just, like, grab, almost, like, grab him, like, uh, Jazzy Jeff when Uncle Phil used to throw him out of the house, right? And I just throw him across the parking lot. Just, like, he fucking got in a goddamn motorcycle accident. And I start walking towards him. Again, switch is flipped. Guy snoring, dude in the parking lot, little motherfuckers. And the lady comes out, this this big lady was like, yeah, she looks like, she fucking looked like the lady from Mrs. Deeds, if you remember, or Mr. Deeds, Mrs. Deeds, Mr. Deeds, the redheaded from the, I think she died, the redhead from the pizza parlor that fought Winona Ryder, she looked like her, she came out, I was like, get out, I'm calling the cops, get out of here, calling the cops, and there was like two little kids sitting there, and I'm like, oh my god, did I just fucking do that in front of these, are these the dads? Did someone actually have sex with these guys? Are these the dads? So we got out of there and like the whole ride home, I'm like pumped up. I mean, she's seeing the side of me. She's never seen I'm fuck fired up. Literally, the windows are fogged up. I have no idea how I got to the story. I was because I was gonna say I wasn't a jealous guy. I am a jealous guy. I saw a guy hit a parlay. I watch a lot of MMA, right? I gamble a lot of MMA. It's all I gamble. This fucking guy, he must be, and he's not a guy I'm familiar with. I saw him on Twitter. He had two different bets. He had Luke by submission plus whatever fucking crazy number and then a, a March Madness game. And then he had the same bet, Luke by submission plus whatever with another different March Madness game. $325 bet on each. He won nine grand on both those bets, won 20 grand on Fandle. And I'm like, this fucking guy must, that must be like a sprinkle, 300 something bucks. This guy's units might be, thousands right that makes me so mad i watch mma so long and i put in the work i know i picked woodley right but luke obviously had a chance to win tyron woodley has never been submitted and we're supposed to think uh luke who has great darts jokes is gonna submit tyron woodley insane right insane that this guy won 10 grand i'm fucking pissed off I don't know why I'm telling you all these stories. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to talk to you. This might be a long podcast. All right, let's get into the fights. Like I said, Christian's a champion. Congratulations, Christian. He picked, uh, listen, and a, a pretty good card. I know he went under. I went four and six in my picks. This is the first time ever, ever that I've been doing the podcast where I'm under 500. I'm 60 and 62 in a year. I haven't started off great. I need to fucking tighten it up. I suspended the slime ball parlay. It's dead. I went all straight wagers this weekend. And uh, I, I made a little money. It wasn't great. <clears throat> it wasn't like the biggest week. But again, I put a lot in, got it all back. That's all I'm happy about. At this point, I can't take another eight-unit loss. I just can't do it. All right, main event, Francis Ngannou versus Stipe Miocic. We all were on uh, Stipe here at the plus number. We all were on him. He closed that plus 120, and it's a great number. Why not? Um, the fight was a little surprising the way Stipe fought. If I was being honest with you, this is the first time, like the, the thing about Stipe is, is, is I, first off, I don't think he gets enough credit, right? When Kane Velasco was a man, that's all they talked about was this, this guy was a man. Stipe doesn't really get that kind of hype. I don't know if it's cause they, you can't understand him. I'm not really sure if <clears throat> he never connected with the audience and why people don't really support him. <clears throat> this is a, Blue collar guy who's, you know, work. He's a fireman and, and, and a fairly, I mean, in my opinion, exciting fighter, good fighter, has all the heavyweight records, but for some reason, he just never really 
clicked with the audience, right? And um, but but when you look at his skill, he's just really good everywhere. He never separated himself like a Cain Velasquez who had that amazing wrestling and cardio and then knockout power. Like Stipe's definitely got knockout power, but it's not like Francis knockout power. And he doesn't he doesn't have Kane wrestling. He has good wrestling, but it's not Kane wrestling, right? He has good cardio, but it's not like king cardio and then he has good you know he's not the biggest guy and then his submissions are basically non-existent but he wins and then i think a lot of that's because he's good at everything and he knows how to show up the guy's a fucking winner like the 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 event or the atmosphere or whatever is never too big for him i mean you look at the cleveland fight i mean very emotional fight in your hometown you get put on your butt you come back you knock out over him right you fight francis the first time everyone was writing you off everyone was saying you're gonna get murdered and you go out there you take a shot and you beat him DC, you get knocked out. You go and, and you beat him twice. Like, you know, you, you finish that trilogy. Like, he's overachieved, in my opinion, right? I still think he's a fantastic fighter, but I've always relied on the fact that, yeah, he's got some great skills everywhere. He's very well-rounded, right? Very athletic, can move really well, and has leaned out. So his cardio is going to be even more on point. But um, but he he shows up. I don't feel like he showed up, if that makes any sense. The first round, Francis landed a pretty good right hand on the side of his head, a couple jabs or whatever, threw some kicks. Stipe threw some kicks as well, really didn't do much, just kind of moved on the outside. Uh, Francis stuffed that takedown, that single leg attempt, and then kind of beat him up on the way when Stipe was trying to get back up. But other than that, like, um, I mean, it was a clear Francis round, but Stipe didn't do anything. Like, he clearly lost the round. He just didn't do anything, and, and it was it was surprising. I know he's a patient guy. He probably wanted to slow the fight down to his pace because Francis obviously – there's question marks about his cardio. I thought if it went out of the first round, it was a Stipe fight. I think I even said that. Um, but I bet Stipe too, half you know on Stipe. But I also covered my ass and did uh, $20 on the fight um, under two and a half rounds, which I think was a minus number. God, I should have wrote that down. I'd, I had that. That was my final bet. Uh, final bet in because I didn't go full half you know on Charant. We'll get to that fucking water buffalo in a minute. But um, yeah, so I won on that. So I kind of... I didn't really cover it a little bit. I guess that's my 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 version of hedging. But I knew the fight was probably going to go under if Francis was going to win. I didn't want to pick Francis because I I backed Stipe. I gave out Stipe as a pick, so I, I propped it at two and a half, uh, under two and a half. But, um, yeah, it just, he didn't seem like he showed up. And then, like, when the corner was in there, the corner w- was talking to him, and I, I remember them saying, like, hey, got to get the offense going. He's like, yeah, I know. Like, he knew he was flat. Like, he knew he was coming out. I'm, I'm not really sure what it was. Came out the second round a little more aggressive, was entering the pocket a little more, and then the Ganyu hit him with this with this awesome, like, kind of, like, jab, uppercut thing. I I, I got to watch the fight back to see exactly what it was. Put Stipe on the butt. Stipe worked to his feet and then landed a right hand that he thought hurt Francis. Francis, he, Stipe comes charging in, which was obviously the big mistake, and Francis just hurt, landed a perfect left hook. Stipe rushing in, Francis is power. That's going to put fucking anybody out. Stipe released a statement, very class act statement. Um, yeah, he's, he's got a, a son being born this summer. He's going to take some time off. I mean, uh, you know, it, and that's what it is. That's, that's you know, I just, yeah, it, it, it's a bitter pill to swallow. You know, Francis, again, if you don't think the UFC wanted Francis to win, Right. Like if you ever think like I'm always like I'm usually back in the UFC. I'm always agreeing with them on, on most things for whatever reason. Um, but if you don't think they this is this made Dana White's dick card, like the the whole company's dick card. You got Stipe who fights once a year, who just never connected with the fans. 
against this fucking killer with an incredible backstory who wants to be active, who can knock you out with a flick of his wrist, right? Like, they are creaming in their pants that Francis won this. And the proof is that they're, no one's even talking about Dana White. Francis brought up a little bit just because I think a reporter asked them. No one's talking about Steve getting a third match. What? Like, I agree. The fight's Jones. Like, make the John Jones fight happen. Make the Derek Lewis fight happen. But for not even to give Stipe an immediate rematch? Huh? What? The guy beat him. The guy fucking took him five rounds and beat the shit out of him a couple years ago. He's the greatest heavyweight of our time right now. Like, what? What do you mean you're not giving him a rematch? I, that, that to me, seems like, like Dana White's like, yeah, I don't know what happens with Stipe now. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I know he's a little long in the tooth. He's a little bit older, but at heavyweights, it doesn't matter that much. But what do you mean? You don't know what you do with him. This is the greatest heavyweight of all time, and you just, I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? I just, I feel like if Francis would have fought the fight he fought, right, and looked really good, stuffed the takedowns, and uh, even landed those shots I did beside, and, he, and the only thing different was he didn't knock Stipe out, and Stipe knocked him out. I guarantee you at the press conference, they would have been like, well, Francis was looking really good. He just got caught. You know, let's get him a couple wins, and he'll get back there. I fucking guarantee you they would have done that. And I'm not a huge Stipe guy, but it's pretty obvious that the promotion wants to move away from him. They want to move on from him. Stipe and Dana historically do not have a great relationship. I know after the Francis fight, number one, he told Dana not to put up the belt on him. He gave it to his coach. So there's some friction there. There's always has been. Um, so maybe that's it. I, I, I don't really know, but it's a little weird that the only people bringing up a third match is the media. And, and Francis is like, ah, maybe, but you know, I mean, I'll do it, but you know, I'm looking elsewhere. I mean, obviously the John Jones fights can possibly be the biggest fight in the UFC history. If they can get that done. But I mean, Fran, uh, Stipe, I think deserves a third match if he wants it without fucking question. Moving on to John Jones. So this is what I was alluding to um, about possibly people disagreeing with me. Um, I, I'm on, listen, it's going to be very contradictory me of saying this because I do believe fighters deserve a lot of money, right? I, I think they should get paid a lot, right? Connor gets paid a lot because of the tickets, because of who he is, right? Champions always get paid more. That's like, you know, whenever you get become a champion, you get a bumped up, you get pay-per-view, pay-per-view revenue, you get all that shit. That's the, the incentive of being champion, right? John Jones left 205 willingly. Said, here's the belt. Never lost. Could have stayed at 205. Could have fought Jan Blahovich. Could have fought uh, Reyes again in, 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 in you know, Yuri Perhaza once he makes it there. I mean, he could have stayed there and cleaned up, right? Cleaned up that, that light heavyweight division. He goes, you know what? There's not enough for me here, right? I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up. There was potential talk of him in D.C. at heavyweight. Him and Stipe at heavyweight, right? He's like, I need some time to bulk up. If you've seen the Instagrams, if you've seen the pictures of him, he looks fucking fantastic, right? He looks great. He looks big. He's always been a big guy, big lean guy. Now he's filling out, right? So now the controversy is, not controversy, but the, the people are picking sides because Francis won. And Francis looked great doing it. He stuffed to take down his car. He looked good. Everyone's saying the paint, the patient, uh, patient Francis. The patient Francis is as scary as TRT Vitor. You know what I mean? That's the narrative. So now Jones, who left the division, gave up a belt, gained weight, moved up to heavyweight, has said, I'm going to fight heavyweight. 
And the minute Steve, uh, Francis wins, he goes, yeah, but you got to pay me. So it's like, well, well, you've already done it, right? So the narrative is, oh, Jones is scared to fight Naganya. And everyone's like, that's crazy. John Jones is John Jones. He's the best fighter of all time. He's the GOAT, 100%. He's the GOAT on my list. And without question. But I have to question if Stipe would have won, if Jones would have been asking for the money or not. Jones has been asking for raises for the past couple months now, or maybe even a year. If you check his Twitter, he's always been like, I want to be paid what I'm worth, yada, yada. But what are you really getting paid for? You're the GOAT, 100%. But that doesn't really translate to ticket sales. Like, I don't know if he's breaking gate records. Um, his last two fights have been a little lackluster, right? He's John Jones. He's very marketable. Good looking guy, smart guy, funny on Twitter, can talk that shit, lights out in the ring, but he's also not like killing dudes anymore, right? At least the past couple of times in there that can be attributed to maybe he's bored for the division, right? Give a guy like Francis, he's going to get up. Now, of course, I think Jones should be paid money and paid handsomely, but if he's pricing himself out of this, like if he comes in and goes, I want 15 million to fight Francis when he would have took 500 K to fight Stipe, then the scared thing might be a little true. And I hate to say that, but this is the little information that I'm getting right now. John Jones left his division where he was the king of, where he could have fought every three months, a new guy cycling and just dominate them and move out and bounce and make his money. Right. Decides to move up his own choice. And the minute this fucking freak Francis is now champ and you got to go through him, you're like, uh, yeah, but if you pay me, I don't know, bud. I don't know if that's how it works. Um, I mean, clearly, I don't think John Jones is scared of Francis. I do think John Jones would not be doing this negotiation tactic that he's doing if Stipe would have won. I'll tell you that right now. If Stipe would have won, he goes, give me Stipe, right? And I'm sure, he, I mean, John Jones gets, makes a ton of money. Probably makes over a mil a fight with, with everything going on. But, you know, the Francis fight now, he's probably going, well, I need a little bit more to get in there with that guy. That's not how it should work. Like, Derek Lewis wants the heavyweight title. Um, Cyril Gaon wants the heavyweight title. They go, I'll fucking fight him, right? I'm going to get a bump up in pay because it's a title fight. But I don't need this special request to fight this guy. I'll go up and fight him. So it, it, there's mix. A lot of people are on J Team Jones. Like, he should be paid, which I agree with. But also, it's kind of funny timing. And there's a lot of guys who are like, imagine siding with a billion-dollar company like the UFC over a fighter's pay. Duh, 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 duh. Sure. I just think the timing is a little, Because hmm. I do think if Stipe would have won, or if they offer Jones, um, like a Cyril Ghana, someone where he matches up really well with, could take him down, yada, yada. Someone not as fucking dangerous as Francis. I don't know if we're getting this from him. I think he takes the fight. But I know he's been compl complaining about his pay for a while, but he also doesn't really move the needle. I mean, you're not going to get Connor pay. You're not going to get, um, you know, Khabib pay. Like, a lot of people don't like him. Like, he's hated. He's done a lot of silly shit outside the cage to fuck up, right? And, and the UFC stuck by him. Now I think he was tweeting out before I hopped on here. He wants the fucking UFC to cut him. Just cut me already. Let me loose. Bad mistake. I mean, yeah, you could go out and be John Jones anywhere you go and, and dominate all the competition everywhere, but 
there's not much competition to go dominate. I mean, Bellator's got some interesting guys at 205. What are you going to go fight Rain Bader again? You're going to fight that wrestling champion. You're going to fight Phil Davis. Like, who are you really going to fight? No one really wants to watch those fights, you know, and there's no pay-per-view gate. Yeah, you might get a ton of money. You know where you're going to get paid a ton of money at, John Jones? You want to get paid a ton of money? Go to Bare Knuckle Boxing. They have a ton of money for some reason. They'll pay you. <clears throat> they offered Mike Tyson $25 million or $20 mil. You could probably get $5 mil out of them. Go Bare Knuckle Box. Let's go do it. Trilla, Trilla, who does the Jake Paul shit, they obviously got a lot of money. Go go box there. So that that that's going to – people might disagree with me. I know Timbo <laughs> – Timbo Slice loves him, John Jones. I, I'm curious to see what he thinks about that. But, yeah, it's just the, the timing's off for me. Anyway, back to the star system. I'm so sorry. I mean, this is, I mean, this this goes without saying. Francis is a five-star man. Um, he looked fantastic. He looked good in there. He shut Stipe down. He, he froze Stipe up. Um, we only saw that one takedown, but his patience, his power. Um, Kamar Usman said it best. If Francis wants to win, he has to he has to stay relaxed. And he was. He was relaxed. He was calm in there. He didn't let the pressure get to him like he did last time. He's a mature fighter and he's got a special gift. He's got that that special power mixed with speed, mixed with really good timing, and a fucking chin. I mean, Stepe landed a really good punch. The punch that knocked out Radoom dead. Basically, back foot, cock back, right hand. Um, Francis took it right on the chin. So the guy, the guy's special, five stars for sure. Stipe gets a two. I hate to do that to my man. I bet Stipe, I lost with Stipe, but um, he just didn't show up, in my opinion. And that could be Francis just shutting him down and and, and just and wiping him up, or Stipe just wasn't there, right? And he and, and he's always showing up for the main events. Um, but he just didn't seem there to me. That's just my opinion. But yeah, congrats to Francis. The guy's a fucking scary dude. Come event, Vicente Luque versus Tyron Woodley. Luque got a three. Tyron got a two. Um, I had this fight as well. I took this fight half uni. Tyron Woodley. Man, I've never seen a guy get so much love after a loss because his fights were so boring up until this point. And he came out and he rocked Luque, right? Luque's got a great chin. Never been knocked out before, I don't believe. And he hit Luke right above the ear, which is which is a spot, and he we wobbled Luke. And he came out and he was throwing fucking heavy shots and he tried to wrestle and he was aggressive. This is the Woodley people want to see. Unfortunately, Luke is a dynamite striker. He's a really good counterpuncher, and he and he landed when when Tyron was cocking back, landed on Tyron's chin, you know, and, and wobbled Tyron a little bit. And then obviously the finishing sequence, you know, he kept, you know, Tyron hung tough. Uh, was stiff-legged a lot in there. They could have maybe called it, but Tyron hung tough and then uh, got put in that tight darts and then got caught against the fence and, and then had to tap out. But, uh, yeah, good for Tyron to go out on a shield like that. You know, props to T. Wood, a guy I've never fully supported. Um, never really got behind him. I, I probably talked a lot of shit about him, but when you give me plus 200 underdog against a guy literally back against the fence, right, and, and needing to come out with a win, and he's got that power, he did exactly what I was hoping he would do uh, against Luke, who's very hittable, and he did. You know, I, I figured his wrestling would be a little better. Some of his entries and some of his takedown attempts were, were kind of sloppy and a little. Um, I mean, Luke's got good takedown offense, but they just they just seem great, right? <clears throat> but landing those right hands and being aggressive was fantastic. I just wish he got a little excited, <clears throat> so I wish he would have tightened it up a little more. But I think this might be the end of T Wood. I don't have a drink with me, so my fucking throat's killing me. But anyway, I think this might be the end of T-Wood. You know, he's almost 40, 38, 39 maybe. Um, 
doesn't get along all that well with UFC. I believe um, last fight in his contracts. <clears throat> Sorry, I think it might be it. You know, Bellator could be calling, PFL could be calling, Bare Knuckle could be calling, uh, Brave. They're putting on on the card this weekend. It looks like a pretty good card. They're calling one FC. Maybe they're calling. Um, I think Tyron's got some big money fights left. I think he's a good name. And I think he can go out there if he performs and he tightens some things up. He's a special athlete. He's he's incredibly uh, um, athletic. I just double entendre there, whatever the fuck that is. He's incredibly athletic. He's got really good power. His reflex is really good. He, I just think he needs to work a little bit on, on fine-tuning some stuff, and, and he'd be good. He's been dominant for so long, but, yeah, I just think his price tag uh, – just doesn't mess up with what the UFC is doing right now. So I, I think that might be it for T Wood, unless he takes a pay cut. But why are you going to take a pay cut fighting the best in the world when you can go fight not the best in the world for more money at another organization like Bellator and PFL? This is when you're supposed to go to those places. When you're a little bit older, your price tag's high, but you still have a good name. Like this is a loss, but really he's coming out looking pretty good because he he won he was winning that entire fight till he got caught. Um, and then, and then the choke happened, but, uh, yeah, uh, good for T wood. I like that. So, uh, three for Luke, uh, two for T wood. I almost gave him a three, but I can't get him a three with Luke. Luke again, the only reason he got a three, he looked dynamite in this fight, but he, he is very hittable. That scares me. The more he moves up at 170, like, you know, just he's durable. He's got a good chin, but it's not going to hold up forever. All right. Sugar show. Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida. Sugar got a four. Everyone probably thought he was going to get a five. He didn't get a five. Sugar got a four. Almeida got a two. Um, listen, before I start sucking on Sean's dick here, I know this is Thomas Almeida, right? This was, I've been saying it and during the pick'em. I think I even said it the week prior to that. This is a softball fight. This is a fight the UFC put together. Let's give Sean a striker. Let's not worry about takedowns. This Thomas Almeida is not that big of a kicker, even though he did throw a lot of kicks. Um, Let's just give Sean something where he can go out there and shine. And he fucking did, right? So I realized it's Almeida. That's why Sean didn't get a five. He looks fantastic, though, to me. His striking is, is really fucking good. The, the uh, negative on this was I feel like he had him in the first round. Beautiful head kick, which I still don't know how Almeida just ate. Left hand dropped him. And he went and he walked away, and then oh, it was a completely right call by the ref to let the fight go because Almeida was still with it. Popped back up, couldn't get the finish. I was screaming when that happened. So I had two units on O'Malley. I had a half unit on Max Bet, half unit on the boosted finish for O'Malley on Fandel, which was plus 240. And then I had him $50 half unit as well on DraftKings for a finish as well. So I had him two two different ways, two different books by finish, and I had $200 unit on him. So I I was screaming at my buddies at the TV when he didn't finish it. I couldn't believe he didn't finish it, right? He said today on the Pat McAfee show that uh, he's selling shirts, which I bought. <laughs> um, he's selling shirts that said like right hand sugar land or something on it. It says that on it. So he wanted to finish the fight with the right hand. So, eh probably not get get the dub right he thought he heard him he thought he walked away but i made it pop back up right call by the ref in my opinion right um and then the second round he just you know again just his distance and his speed and his his size too he's a really good put together 135er was really really good he took a lot of leg kicks again but he was fighting a non-kicker right so you can only judge that by so much right but 
The hands were looking good. The distance was looking good. His cardio checked out. He went to the third round, not even breathing hard. Um, his punches were crisp. His his spin kicks are so fast. Um, he's going to catch somebody one of these days, a high-level guy with those spin kicks. They are they are very, very fast and explosive. He threw them against Almeida a few times. Almeida blocked them, but um, those are incredibly quick. I think if he, if he sets them up a little better and hides it a little more, um, he's going to get some people out of there because they are crazy fast, right? His hands were incredible. That little short left hook, or excuse me, short left hand, right when Almeida was coming in, right when they were talking about how durable Almeida has been, the announcers were, um, he landed that quick left hand inside, folded Almeida, should have stopped the fight, and then Sugar just bounces out of the canvas with the right hand. Didn't love the right hand finish because Almeida was done at that point. The ref should have stepped in. That last punch wasn't necessary, but he got the finish with the right hand. He got to sell his shirts. It's all gravy. Now, listen. So I do love Sean O'Malley. That's my guy. I think the ceiling is incredibly high for him. His striking, I think, is some of the best at 135. Um, you know, but there's a couple hiccups. There's a couple question marks. Two question marks, really, right? It's durability, right? Almeida's a tough dude, but it's Thomas Almeida, right? Hasn't really won much. It's only been knocked out twice by high-level competition. He's been the shit kicked out of him, but Ralph Font, Cody Garbrandt, and Sugar Sean O'Malley are the only guys to knock him out. So that's pretty high company that Sean's in there, right? Um, but I'm not under the impression that Thomas Almeida's his world beater. He's not, right? This was a layup for Sean O'Malley. But durability, right, is, is going to be the question, right? Cheeto kicked your legs up. You hurt your ankle. You hurt your foot. Uh, that that's a problem, right? That's possibly a problem moving forward. People are going to come after you for that. Um, he 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 handled the leg kicks well. He checked some, but he, some still got through. And then obviously, so durability is the number one and number two. He hasn't really fought a wrestler yet. We got to get him in there with a wrestler. I think one more fight with someone outside the top ten. I don't know if he's going to be ranked off this. Maybe top fifteen guy. Give him Song Yudong. I don't think you can run Cheeto back right now. I think Dom Cruz wants to fight, which I don't know. If, I mean, they might make that fight. Um, but as far as rankings, though, like Song Yudong, who's coming off a loss, who's been a guy who's been ranked forever as a striker, um, big, powerful dude, that might be might make a lot of sense as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, what what what's in the what's in store for O'Malley, but I just know he looked really good against Thomas Media. Striking is is very very crisp. Won me my night there. Uh, so thank you, Sugar. I had to pay. Homage to him. I had to buy the shirt, the undefeated shirt, which even though <clears throat> I don't love the gimmick, I don't love the undefeated gimmick because I do think Cheeto beat him. Obviously, he beat him, but he didn't beat himself. You didn't roll your ankle in the cage, dude. You rolled your ankle because you had calf kicks. So I don't love the the gimmick that with the undefeated stuff, but it was a fire shirt, and the guy saved me my night. I'm up on the night uh, from him, and uh, it was a great performance. I, I want to support the guy. Great performance against a guy that you're supposed to be great against. That's all you can ask for, right? He was a huge favorite, you know, minus 335, I think was what I got him. Um, but he looked dynamite. He looked really good striking. I want to see him again. If they feed him a wrestler right away, like Cody Stamen, uh, Brian Kellner's a fight. that I know Brian Kellner's been hanging out at 145. Ricky Simone's another guy. There's a lot of guys out there that I think Sean has a lot of questions that need to be answered. Um, how good is his takedown offense? How good is his get up game? His cardio is great. I don't, you know, he competed in some jujitsu stuff went during COVID or when he was out or whatever. Um, I think it might've been before COVID, but when he was rehabbing his foot, he p- competed in some jujitsu stuff. 
you know, I, I, I don't think he's lights out off his back. I'm really interested to in see what he does with wrestlers. Because the one reason why I really fell in love with Sean O'Malley is his skills, but he went on Rogan, and he said all the right things. He, he's like, listen, I know what these fucking guys want to do. When I fight a guy and he start naming people, they're going to want to take me down. I have answers for that, right? I love the confidence, and I, and I want to believe it has the answers, but we got to see it now. So maybe give him wrestler now or give him another stand-up guy and, and let him shine a little bit and then build him up. Rob Font, whenever he gets ranked, Rob Font's really high ranked and, and deserves someone higher than O'Malley, but I love that fight. Cody fight, if Cody's hanging out at 135, I love that fight as well. Um, <clears throat> again, both really highly ranked guys who are fighting each other coincidentally cody and rob uh but i love that when sean gets there miranda maverick versus jillian robertson awesome fight miranda maverick where's she at they moved my my card i mean here miranda maverick got three jillian robinson got two maverick looked fantastic her cardio looked great she said she had a bad weight cut her stand-up looked dynamite um she lost that second round even though judges gave it to her two judges gave her 30 27 which was rough uh i clearly thought she won 29 28 1 and 3. Jenna Robinson hung in tough, took some big shots. Miranda Maverick, this bitch is 23 years old. 23 years old, man. And she is killing it. I won on this half unit on this. 167 is what I got her at. Um, awesome win for her. She she looks fantastic. Sky's the limit for this girl at 125. Um, I like the way she's built. You know, she's thick. Her cardio is great. Clean up some things. I don't like how Jillian got her down. She looked really slow in the transitions and, and, and on the ground. She just didn't seem super explosive. Um, I think she needs to correct that, get a little more grappling in, really hone in on your takedown defense, and, and she's going to be a fucking problem. Obviously, clean up the striking as well. She's going to continue to get her work. I mean, she's a stud. Uh, Jamie Larkey versus Kama Worthy. Oh, gosh. Uh, Jamie Larkey got a three. Kama Worthy got a one. So, I have written down, I made little notes today, dumb bets, right? We all have dumb bets. This was my dumb bet. I know Calmer Worthy has, now he has eight losses, seven of the eight by knockout, one submission. He's been finishing all his losses. I know that. He doesn't have a chin. I know that. He's got some wins because he does have some power, but his stand-up is very herky-jerky. I faded blindly Jamie Malarkey because I just thought, listen, Malarkey gets hit a lot. Karma's going to hit him. If they grapple, I think Karma's going to be surprisingly better at the grappling than people give him credit for him. So Jamie Malarkey leaves Australia, goes to New Zealand, trains with Brad Waddell, a guy who beat his head in his UFC debut. Arguably won the Phariseum fight. He could be one-on-one. He was 0-2 in the UFC, back against the wall. Dude's tough as nails. The dude's fucking nails, right? And he was the underdog. Christian's the only one that took him, betted him to, made him a send him home. This was a send him home off between Christian and I. Christian wins this round. Um, great pick. I mean, listen, a lot of people love Malarkey in this spot. I don't know why I picked Karma, and then I don't know why I betted him, too. I betted him two ways. I betted him. I convinced myself because he was my send him home. I convinced myself money line and KO. So I lost money on Karma Worthy, and it's just such a dumb bet. And I don't want to be a hindsight guy. I don't want to be like, well, if I didn't bet Karma Worthy, I would be up. No, I did. I can't change it. I can't change past Brian and what past Brian's dumb brain was thinking. I can't do it. <clears throat> it's impossible. But I'm very upset with myself that I did that. I had no problem picking Worthy because Malarkey really hasn't proven himself yet. <clears throat> but the chin's a problem. The chin's a problem. It's a it's a thing that I used to really cap on. It was another little funny story. I used to really pride myself 
or not pride myself. I used to really love fighters with good chins. When I was first started watching MMA, I always loved the fighters with like dynamite chins. Like if you couldn't break a guy or knock a guy out, I loved it. And I, when, when someone had a weak chin, I assumed they were weak. You know what I mean? I always thought it was like weak mindedness. You know, I just, it was weird. So when I went to train, I used to, always, I, because thing about chins is, yeah, you can train your neck, you can train your jaw. There's a thing, you know, a little muscle thing for your jaw. And then if you ever see fighters coming out, they're always, you know, doing that with their mouth, like straighten the jaw out because the jaw is a muscle and the looser it is, <clears throat> the more you can take a punch. That's the theory. But really, I like to think I can look at a guy or girl and see if they can take a punch, right? The way their head shape, big head, big neck, whatever. Usually guys with a longer neck, a skinnier chin, they, they can't really take it. Um, but there's always been guys proven against that, right? Guys who are built long neck, skinny, skinny chins, they've been able to take it, right? It's it's kind of weird. But when I when I went to the gym, I was one thing I was really nervous about is I got in a bunch of street fights. And I used to do a party trick where I used to let fucking people break beer. I put a put a towel over my head and like people break beer bottles over my head. It would nothing fucking wouldn't affect me at all. Um, so I was confident that I had a pretty tough head, but I didn't, you know, it, it's it's science. You don't know how your makeup is. And I was just so embarrassed that if I went to the gym and like really got, you know, because I got in street fights, never got put down, never got hurt. Again, flip that switch, blacked out, but when you go in the gym with, with trained guys who, who are going to find your chin, they're not some bums in the street. It's a whole different story. So I went in thinking like, man, if my, what if I have a fucking weak chin? What if I get put down? Like that'd be fucking embarrassing. So I used to really put stock in that when I would cat fights, not professionally way before my MMA takes thing. When I was writing for bleach report, most of my shit was like, this guy's got a no chin fade him. He could get caught any minute. A little bit of O'Brien should have came back in the worthy thing, right? I think this was a pick on fight. I, again, I don't want to be a hindsight guy, but Jamie Larkin was the right play there at underdog money. It's just, it's crazy that I missed that. I'm upset with myself is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, worthy got a, did I say that already? Worthy got a one and Malarkey got a three, right? So Laws Menafield versus Fabio Sarant, quick and easy. This fight was over before it even started. I had Sarant. I didn't do a full half unit. It was my last bet. I, I put on, on Twitter, it was a half unit, it was actually $30, and the other 20 went to the under two and a half on, uh, I think I mentioned that earlier in the podcast. Anyway, Sharon's a guy, good on the ground, right? Take take Menafield down. I, I'm just always going to fade Menafield until he proves me otherwise, and he went in and got a long flu choke. They called it a guillotine. They announced it as a guillotine, which, what? Well, what are you talking about? Uh, you got that big, muscly fucking dude shoving a shoulder in your neck. That's what it is. Sharon just scared fought scared you know inexperienced and and really when he got put in that position he should have let go of the head right away and he should have <clears throat> got off the cage and got up the guy's good on the ground that's his bread and butter and he just folded he just folded on the ground and in and, and and got submitted by menafield which is bonkers menafield got a three listen this was a big bounce spot bounce back spot for him people were fading him i was one of them everyone was you know he's coming off two losses and uh he went out there and <clears throat> got a guy in short notice who was a little bit of a wild card, matched up with him fairly well, and uh, you know went out and got to the win. So, and the water buffalo Sharon got a zero. I, I'd be surprised if they call him back, but they knew guys need people at two hundred five, so he's a warm body. So maybe they'll get him. All right, Abubakar versus Nurmagomedov Madoff versus not versus Abubakar Nurmagomedov versus Jared Gooden. Gooden was my underdog lock. I expected more from. Him. I gave him a two. I gave Abubakar a three. Listen, when this is a standoff fight, I'm going to lean the, anybody against a Nurmagomedov. Abubakar has proven to be hit before, has proven to have a little bit of a chin issue, a little bit of durability issue, 
and uh, I don't know how I said that word. Um, and he went out there and, and, and styled on Gooden. Gooden just kept his hands down and, and got hit with everything. Abubakar's dad was nice. I love saying his name, by the way. Abubakar, it's a great name. I'm going to name my next dog Abubakar. But Gooden just didn't show up. This is two fights in a row now. He just didn't show up. The Joe Ban fight, he looked really good in the third round and, and landed big shots. And I was kind of hoping he'd come back and do that. And, and he was stuffing the takedowns fairly well. But... You know, the, it got away from him, and he just didn't really perform like I thought he would as as a guy that was almost a, he was a two to one underdog when I got him. Um, he, but he got a two. I mean, I, I think there's potential there. I just don't know what happened. Abubakar got a three. I I, I shit all over him on the podcast. I, I talked some shit about him, and uh, he went out there and won. So good for him. He's made obviously some improvements in his stand up, and I think with Khabib being the new head coach there, I think that is is a really big deal. I think Khabib is. Going to be a fantastic coach moving forward. He's got a lot of fighters. Obviously, this is his cousin. He's got a lot of guys in that stable that are that are legit. And I think Khabib being in their corner, being a smart guy, knowing what it takes to win, uh, it's only going to help these Russian fighters even more now. So that that's going to be even a bigger problem to deal with these fucking Russian guys. All right. Uh, Mikhail Olasheshek, I fucking nailed it, versus Modestas Bakakis. I think this was a robbery I picked. Lord Michael to win. I gave him a three. I go, uh, or excuse me, both guys got a two. And I had Bode- uh, Bukakis uh, winning this fight. Um, Tim and Devin both won Bukakis. He was the underdog. I think people got robbed of their underdog money here. Uh, Bude- I mean, Bude- uh, Modestus Bukakis landed every, you know, landed more. Um, Mikhail showed decent cardio at least and, and came forward and, and hurt Bukakis to the body with those shots. But other than that, Bukakis, I think, controlled this fight. I don't want to say it was a robbery. But I lean Bukakis. It was an entertaining fight. They both were stand-up guys. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was, a, it was a good fight. Lord Michael got a good win. I think there's a lot of good matches for him at 205. Bukakis has proven to have be a, durabil- a durability issue. Didn't really show that this fight. But um, he'll stick around. Again, they need people at 205. Any warm bodies. Give him Fabio Charant. Give him the fucking water buffalo. That's a guaranteed win for anybody. God damn it. Uh, Amora Morales for Shane Young. This fight fell a little flat to me. Uh, I had Omar, Omar as my lock. I also had a bet. He had three stars. Shane got two. Again, I filled this out when I watched the fights. I don't know why I gave these guys three and a two. I, it fell flat. It just seemed Omar was was every time they strike, they collided, and there was a clinch against the cage and battle position in the cage, which is which is fine. And then Omar landed a few takedowns. It just Nothing really stood out in this fight to me. Um, I think both guys were very average, but I got the W. I got my my, my mortal lock there, and I got uh, I cashed. You know, he was a plus two ten, so I mean it was like twenty something bucks, but you know, so it's not anything to write home about. But a win's a win, baby. And then the uh, Mark Andre Barrio versus Abu Zazar. This fight stunk, stinks. Abu stinks. This guy gassed. Barrio. Both these guys coming off steroid bust. Both these guys coming off. Well, Abu coming off a long layoff. An aggressive guy coming forward, just winging shots. Barrio can take it. You know, he's taken, he took a lot of body shots, took a lot of head shots, and just let Abu just wear himself out. And then eventually took over and TKO'd him in that third round with like a second. What was it? Two seconds ago. Um, so whoever had that finish got really lucky on that, but I wasn't impressed by either guy. I had Abu. I was pissed I didn't bet Abu because he was a plus number. It was, again, one of those things. I was in Indiana, I was eating lunch. And I forgot to bet it. And I was like, fuck, I should have bet a boo because I was high on the guy, at least at the number we all were. We all picked a boo, and, and he just stinks. I don't know if it was ring rust or not, but it, it just wasn't a good performance. I don't want to talk about that fight anymore. 
No, we're moving on. All right, four and six on the night, 16 and 62 on the year. Boys, that's not good. I'm under 500 for the first time ever. Uh, well, not ever, ever since I started the podcast. So I need to bounce back. I need to bounce back. April 10th is a sick card. Thing I want to talk about before we leave, Bellator's back next week, uh, or this Friday, excuse me. There's actually a lot of really good MMA this Friday. But before that, <clears throat> not the cough, the Venom deal is happening, right? Really quickly, April 10th, ABC, my guy, Darren Till fighting Marvin Vittori. It's a sick card, right? That's a sick main event. Awesome main event. Awesome card. Um, they're fighting the main event. It's the first deal with the Venom deal. I, we've seen some screen grabs of the Venom deal with uh, Al Jermaine and Brian Otega. And then I saw a picture of Marab wearing a pair of shorts that went down to his fucking ankles. And I know he's a smaller guy, but they didn't look that cool. So I don't know what I feel like the Venom deal. I love the the Reebok deal when it came in place. I don't like the logos. I don't like the, you know, the NASCAR look. I much prefer a cleaner look. But I'm very unimpressed with Venom, right? So when I trained, I was a fucking gearhead. I was a fucking one of those idiot kids in class that like I'm always got to want to spend something. I always want things. That's always the way I've always been. I'm a fucking little boozy bitch. So when I was training, I would save some money up and, and I would watch fucking other guys train like other fighters video blogs. And I would see guys in the gym getting sponsorships and whatever. So I tried everything. I tried like a lot of fucking gear. I'm almost like a gear expert, believe it or not. And Venom was one. I had their shorts. I had their MMA gloves. They were just very unimpressive. Now, again, this was back in 2011, 2012, long time ago, 10 years ago, uh, nine or 10 years ago. And uh, I just was unimpressed. I bought those shorts. They were $84. It was, it was, I call them the Jim Miller, Tony Ferguson shorts. They're they blue and red. They're the big venom on the side, the logo. I don't really like snakes that much. Actually, I hate snakes. I murdered one in my front yard. I'm a fucking snake murderer. Come at me. Um, but I, I just, I, I didn't love it, but everyone was wearing them. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. So they're $84. And an old website, MMA Warehouse, shout out MMA Warehouse. They're not there anymore, but they had, they gave me like, I used to buy so much shit. They had like a coupon. And I bought them, and I got them for like 40 bucks, right? Half off, essentially. And they came, and I had fucking clinch gear from Dan Henderson. I had sprawl. You remember the fucking sprawl shorts? The original fucking MMA shorts sprawl. I had orange and gray pair. Come at me. Those were the best. Um, I had form athletics from Uri Faber. I think Fila made those. Those were my favorite pair of shorts. Those were awesome. But I had everything, and then these Venoms came. They came super late, and they just were dog shit. And then I needed some MMA gloves, and I went to another MMA, MMA, rewind, MMA site, and they had Venom gloves for like 20 bucks, right? They were like clearance. I was like, oh, fuck, I'll get those. Trash. Now, they're originally 80, 90 bucks, so when you get them for 20, you can't be all that upset, but I'm hoping that they've made leaps and bounds and that they've learned from the Reebok mistakes, and I think it's going to take a little bit. I know there's a lot of negative Nellies in the MMA space. I'm going to try to be open-minded, but listen, Reebok, it took a while for Reebok to really find its footing. I mean, every fighter is wearing red and black for the first year. It's boring as shit. You need to give these fighters some creative input. Let Sean O'Malley wear fucking tie-dye trunks or multicolor trunks. Let Conor McGregor come in with... I know he wears green shorts, but let him wear fucking like the the Celtic or whatever he wants. Let any fighter, if they have a vision, let him wear whatever they want. You know what I mean? Um, so that starts the the tenth. So I'm hoping we get some kind of reveal uh, coming up because uh, I'm interested in that. I don't know why, but I care. Should I care? I don't know. But there's Bellator Friday night. Patricio Pitbull, the good Pitbull, 
rematching Emmanuel Sanchez. Emmanuel um, Sanchez is a solid fighter. Listen, Pitbull, this guy fucking, uh, you know, he beats everybody. He hasn't lost since fucking Benson Henderson, and, and he, like, broke his leg. Now it's back in 2016. He's beating everybody. He's got to knock it over Michael Chandler. Just ask him about it. He'll fucking tell you all about it. Uh, but he fought Emmanuel Sanchez back in 2018, won a decision, rematching. The winner fights AJ McKee in the uh, the tournament they did. 14 years ago uh, for the title. Pitbull is a champion, but they're going to... I love AJ McKee. I think that guy needs to be in the UFC. Co-main event, Usman Nurmagomedov versus Mike Hamlet. Uh, Hamlet, Hamlet, right? Uh, Usman is is a fucking stud. This kid is uh, Khabib's guy, obviously. Um, UAE, fought in UAE a lot. I thought he's a PFL guy. He's not. Making his Bellator debut. This kid's a stud, striker. Um, good on the ground, but but heavy, heavy-handed on the feet as well. 155-pounder. 11 or no. Of course, he's undefeated. <clears throat> Let me see some other names. Jason Jackson, eh, you know, coming kind of a career resurgence for Jason Jackson. He's done really well. He's fighting Eamon Gracie. I fade all Gracies. I don't know. Ty- Tyrell Fortune was Jack May heavyweight fight. I just saw the line on that. Tyrell Fortune, really good wrestler. He's like fucking five hundred or something over Jack May. It's, that's gonna be a squash match. Roger Huerta versus Chris Gonzalez. Roger Huerta is still fucking fighting. Probably hasn't won in what ten years. Let's see. His last win was against Hader Hassan, a legal elbow. So he didn't really win that fight. That was back in 2017. His real win was a split decision at one championship over Adrian Pang back in 2016. That was his last real win. And then he finished Christian Hawley uh, back in 2014. And then he has a loss to Patricky, knockout. I mean, this guy just, how old is he now? He's probably not that old. 37? I mean, yeah. Okay. Okay. But that guy was the fucking shit for a while. Um, who else we got? Uh, Manel Nello, uh, Mandel Nello, guy, striker out of um, fucking TriStar. This kid's a stud. I'm going to keep my eye on him. He's fighting Ricardo Six Sucks. Magomed, I believe this is a PFL guy. No, excuse me. This is the guy that has a win over. God, these fucking Russian names. This is a guy that has a, a win over Petrion, and Petrion has a win over him. His only loss is Petrion, and Petrion's only loss is him. This kid's a stud. He's fighting CJ Hamilton. Don't know who that is. Um, decent little card, though. Jordan, Jordan Newman. I heard a lot about this kid. He's a stud wrestler. But a decent little fucking card here for, for an off weekend for the UFC. There's also Chris Curtis fighting this weekend. My guy, um, he's fighting Brock Weaver's main eventing that dog fucking fighting son of a bitch. His main event in that Ikeon fight. Uh, it's going to be on Fight Pass. I believe Braves this weekend with a sick card. You got CF, CFCF or CFFC. There's a ton of kind of regional good MMA on this weekend, which I'm excited. Easter weekend, happy Easter. I've ran too long, guys. I've tear, I've ran, I've ran long. I get excited. I tell you my fight stories when a guy was looking at my wife's ass. Two guys looking at my wife's ass. And I just get excited. I get excited talking to you. Next week, though, Pickums. I love the card next week. I've already dove deep in. Um, some sick fights. I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm excited. I love this game. I fucking love this game. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Yeah. 
He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.